Well, here we are. Um, it is so great um, to see uh, each and every one of you. And uh, just so you know what's going to happen, I'm going to do a, a, a sort of brief introductory talk, if you like. Um, and uh, then a little bit later, we've got all sorts of excitements going on. But I thought I'd start by um, telling you what uh, me and the family got up to last year. Uh, last year around this time, we were about to head off on our two-month sabbatical to Australia, uh, to Borneo, to Singapore. And it was an amazing time. I'm not going to give you the slideshow, don't worry, it's, yeah, it's not why you've come here. Um, but if you were to ask our four children, and they range in age from seven to 17, so there's a bit of a range there. Um, if you were to ask all of them, each of them, each four of them, they would all tell you the same thing about what their favourite bit was on our entire two-month sabbatical. It wasn't climbing Mount Kinabalu. Uh, it wasn't uh, seeing their grandparents and cousins in Australia. Uh, it wasn't, surprisingly enough, listening to Dad preach in various churches in Borneo. I thought it might be, but it wasn't. Um, it, it wasn't snorkeling uh, off a tropical island. Uh, without fail, I think each of the four of them, you can try it out, but I think each of the four of them would tell you that the best bit of the whole trip was what we did on the very last day of the whole two months. When we were in Singapore, and we went to wild, wild, wet, um, a water park uh, with serious attitude. Now, I loved it. It was a great time, too. I, you know, I'm not going to say I didn't love it. But there was one bit that I found way too scary for me, but I was forced into doing it by the children. The ride was called Torpedo, and you just get the idea uh, with a name like Torpedo. But just me and the older two children did it. The younger two were apparently not tall enough to do it. Susanna apparently had to look after the younger two, so she couldn't do it as well. Um, so uh, me and the older two, we climbed up all these stairs, and it was way, way, way up high. And uh, you sort of got into this capsule, which was a bit like a sort of a, a vertical coffin, basically. You got into this capsule, uh, you had to go like this, you, you cro crossed your legs, they shut the capsule door, and then, you know, the floor just, uh, just disappeared beneath you and off you went, okay? Now, we took our phones up to video it, and we, you were allowed to video anywhere else in the whole, um, the whole of Wild Wild Wet. But we went and get up there, they said, no, sorry, no phones up here. And th that told you it was going to be dangerous. Um, so, um, so we couldn't uh, video it for it, which is probably for your benefit. But um, I'm going to show you a little clip of somebody else, uh, just so you get the idea, uh, going on the torpedo ride. children. They've made me do it. I've got to do it. And um, I, I tell you, it was an absolute nightmare. I hurtled down this thing completely out of control. As you see, you're supposed to keep your legs crossed like that. My legs came apart straight away. I, I was going everywhere. I ended up, you know, with the bit when you come out the bottom down there, I, you're supposed to come out and face, you know, face up, as it were. I ended up face down. I was like, down, down, just like this. I got serious abrasion burn on my, on my elbow. Like it was a complete, complete nightmare. Now, I do not know how you are feeling at the moment um, as you come to refresh. I don't know how this week has been, I don't know how your last um, month has been, I don't know how this year has been, 
But for me, for all sorts of different reasons, if I think about this year so far, uh, the image I actually have again and again, as I think about how this year has been, it's felt a little bit at times for me like hurtling down the torpedo, rather out of control, and sometimes in all sorts of different situations, landing up face down rather than face up. Now, I'm aware that's just me, um, but no, thank you. Um, but as I say, there may be other people uh, that actually, if you are sort of trying to categorize your life and illustrate your life at the moment, you may feel a little bit like that, just hurtling around slightly out of control. For other people, it may be different. You may be feeling that things are just sort of going round and round and round and round and not going anywhere. Uh, it may be for some of you, you're feeling like you've got a decision to be made. Is it going to be one, two, three, or four uh, that you're going to choose? Uh, it may be for some of you, you feel a little bit stuck. Uh, like this next person in a water slide and you need someone to get you out of the water slide because you're completely stuck. The point is, for many of us here, as we come to this weekend, we are in need of refreshing. And that is why as we planned this weekend, all of us on the staff, as we sort of thought about the different op options, we thought refresh was the right theme for this year's church weekend. And with um, the theme came a theme verse that you will have found printed on your pencil in your little pack, uh, and it's also on the merch on the back of the t-shirt, uh, Acts 3 verse 19, times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And I'm just going to say to speak for a few moments about that verse. Now the context of that verse is in Acts chapter 3, is that Peter and John, at the beginning of, that's uh, just after Pentecost, Peter and John have just healed a man who was lame from birth. And Peter's there, and he, Peter wants, if you like, the focus to be on Jesus. He doesn't want the focus to be on him and John who just performed the miracle. He doesn't even want the focus to be on this lame man who's now healed. But actually he wants the focus to be on Jesus. And so what happens in Acts um, 3, verse 12, and you can see it up there, is that what he starts speaking about, Peter starts speaking about, is first of all what Jesus has already done. He talks about Jesus' life, his death, his resurrection. Then goes on verse 16, and he talks about what Jesus is currently doing. Even though Jesus is back in heaven, this is what Jesus is currently doing. He's healing this man. And as you look at that, those, that little bit there, that is a great model for us. Above all, what do we do as a church? We focus on what Jesus has already done, his life, death, resurrection. But we also focus on what Jesus is currently doing amongst us in the present. But what I want us to see is, is how Peter continues his sermon. Now, it is great to pray for healing. I pray over the course of this weekend that we will have times where people can be prayed uh, to God might heal them. But what does Peter actually do next? You've got verse 16. He's saying, this is what's happened. Jesus has healed this man. This man has been healed in the name of Jesus. But what does he say next? When you go on to verse 17, he doesn't say, you know, fellow Israelites, who's next? Who's next? Come forward for healing. You've got a slip disc, you've got a broken leg, you've got arthritis, whatever it is. Come forward and be healed. He doesn't say that. Rather, he says this. Verse 17. Let me read what he says. He says, Now, fellow Israelites, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders. But this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Messiah would suffer. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Messiah who's been appointed for you, even Jesus. Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago 
through his holy prophet. So just look at what Peter says here. First of all, he says the content of the gospel. So that's verses 17 and 18. Centered on Jesus' death, he says the Messiah suffering. He talks about the content of the gospel, the good news about Jesus. So he talks about the content of the gospel. Then he talks about the call of the gospel in the first half of verse 19. He says there, repent then and turn to God. And it's just worth noting in passing, in light of the good news of Jesus, in, in light of the content of the gospel, Jesus died for me. It's so simple. The call is for us to turn. That's what repent means. Repent means to turn. So it says there, repent, turn, then, and turn to God. It's all about turning. That is the call of the gospel. Now, I know amongst over 450 of us here this weekend that there will be some people here, and if, if you like, you're still looking in on the Christian faith. And if you are that, it's so wonderful to have you here. If you're still looking in on the Christian faith, I, I'm so glad you're here. It is wonderful you're here. And I want to say the most refreshing thing that you can do this weekend is turn. Turn to Jesus. Turn to the one who loves you so much that he died for you in your place. One of my sort of most uh, favourite sort of visual illustrations for this is to take um, two chairs, okay? And um, this chair here uh, can represent you or me or any of us, okay? And uh, this chair here um, can represent God, okay? And this is how, you know, we want it to be. We want to be... God and us uh, facing each other in relationship with each other. But the Bible says, uh, famously, Isaiah 53, it says, We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each one of us have turned to our own way. And that's the case for every single one of us. We turn to our own way. We turn our backs on God. We start looking in that direction. And because of that, because we turn our backs on God, because God is totally holy, just like we were singing about, God cannot look on sin, so he has to turn his back on us. And that is, if you like, the problem, that we're facing in opposite directions. But then how does Isaiah 53 continue? So Isaiah 53, verse 6, it says, We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. But then it continues, But the Lord has laid on him, Jesus, the Lord has laid on him the iniquity, the sin, the wrongdoing of us all. You see, God in Christ took my sin, took your sin, took all our sin. It was laid on him. All the iniquity laid on him. He took the punishment instead of us. And because of that, because justice has been done, because God has paid the punishment that each of us deserve, that means that God can turn and look again on us because of the cross. And really the question for any one of us here to ask of ourselves is which way are we facing? Which way are we facing? Are we still got our backs turned from God? Or have we repented and turned to God? And I want to just encourage you, if you're someone still looking in on the Christian faith this weekend, wouldn't it be the most wonderful thing this weekend the most refreshing thing for you, to turn to God, to turn to Jesus and say, Jesus, I want to begin a relationship with you.
Verse 19, repent then and turn to God. To the content of the gospel, the cross. The call of the gospel. What's the call to each one of us? To turn. Repent then and turn to God. But finally, the comfort of the gospel. The comfort of the gospel. Um, and, and let me just read it. Uh, it goes on. So it says, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. That times of refreshing may come from the Lord. And that he may send the Messiah who's been appointed for you, even Jesus. Heaven must receive him until the tide comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. And very simply, when we think about the comfort of the gospel, what is the result of turning to God? What is the comfort for each one of us? Well, very simply, Peter tells us in his little sermon, it's an amazing sermon, he tells us three great comforts for each one of us here as a result of turning to Jesus. And they are alliterated nicely, I think you'll agree, um, sin removal, spiritual refreshment, and supreme restoration. Okay, sin removal, spiritual refreshment, supreme restoration. And you'll see what I've done. I've broken down verses 19 and 20, 21 into those three sections. Where it's talking about sin removal, where it's talking about spiritual refreshment, where it's talking about supreme restoration. So just look at verse 19 again. Repent then and turn to God. Why? Here's the first comfort. So that your sins may be wiped out. That's sin removal. That wiped out phrase, it literally means washed away, eradicated, erased. It's the same word. If you think back to the end of the Bible, to Revelation, we're told in the new creation. In the new creation, there'll be no more crying or mourning or pain or death. And then it says God will wipe away every tear from our eyes. And that's the same word, that wipe away every tear from our eyes is where it's here saying wipe, our sins might be wiped away. They may be wiped out. You see, in a sense, God is in the business of wiping away our sin now to prepare us for the wiping away of our tears in the age to come. And that's the supreme restoration that, that Peter's talking about in verses 20 and 21. You'll see that God may send the Messiah who's been appointed for you, even Jesus. So when Jesus returns, heaven must receive him, as now, until the time comes for God to restore everything. As he promised long ago through his holy prophets. So he's saying there will come a time when God will restore everything, when Jesus returns. That there will be a new creation where there is no more sin and none of the consequences of sin. Where God will wipe away every tear from our eyes, the restoration of ourselves, the restoration of the world that we live in. But you see, in between sin removal, which is sort of focused on the past, and supreme restoration, which is focused on the future, the eternal future, we have this wonderful little phrase about spiritual refreshment. Spiritual refreshment in the present. Sin removal focused on the past, supreme restoration in the future, but right now, in the present, even on this church weekend, spiritual refreshment. That times of refreshing may come from the Lord. So right now, right now, I pray for each one of us that each one of us will experience spiritual refreshment this weekend. That we will experience that little phrase. And as I close, I want to, if you like, answer two questions 
about this spiritual refreshment, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Two questions. What is it? And how do we get it? Okay? What is it? Firstly, what is it? Now, there are two Greek words uh, in the Bible that are translated as refresh or refreshing. And I'm going to illustrate both of them for you with reference to our day at Wild Wild Wet. Okay? So, uh, first of all, if you would, just imagine, uh, imagine sort of my children are pestering me to go on these scary rides that I thought I was super brave about, but actually I wasn't. There was one of them that is apparently the, the highest free-fall drop water slide in the whole of Asia, okay? It was huge. It wasn't the one I showed you, a different one. All four children went on it. I refused, okay? Um, and, um, and I had all four of them cajoling me to do it, but Susanna suddenly disappeared. And she'd gone on the Shiok River ride. And I'm going to quote you the marketing of the Shiok River ride. Um, it is meandering through a variety of lush landscape that will leave you soothed and refreshed. Take a breather, go with the flow, let the trip wash away your care. It's a great way to escape from all the commotion and noise of everyday life, or indeed of your four children. Uh, you can lie in a giant tube, your inflatable tyre. For those who prefer to travel at their own pace, you can snooze your way through a dream-filled journey that will last as long as you want. So Susanna did that. And it did last as long as she wanted. It lasted a very long time. She was lounging on her inflatable tyre, sunbathing, gently being pushed by the flow of the current, uh, it is an enormous circle around the entire park, and she went round it, so she tells me, about four times, although she wasn't quite clear how many times it was. And she was still going round it as we had to leave the water park to go and catch our plane home. I couldn't find her. The children were still trying to get me to do stressful um, rides, and I was getting more and more stressed we were going to miss our plane. And there was Susanna, still lounging, listening to the beautiful music that was playing. She was having a lovely time. She was being refreshed. So Susanna... On her inflatable tyre, on the Shiok River, is a picture of the Greek word anapano. Anapano means to cease from any movement. To give yourself rest. A time of refreshing. Okay, so that's the first option for what this refreshing word could be. Okay, anapano. Second Greek word that is translated refresh is not anapano, but anapsuka. Okay. Now, whilst Susanna was anapanoing over here, okay, um, we were all getting hot and thirsty from all our stressful, um, very high-octane rides and in need of a drink. So we all went and bought some giant slush puppies, um, you know, the original non-carbonated frozen drink. And as we drank those um, slush puppies, it was a time of refreshing. So this is the Greek word anapsuka. We have the little, there we go, there's a slush, slush puppy there. Uh, Anapsuko means to recover from the effect of heat, to be cooled, to be revived, a time of refreshing. So we're going to have a little vote. Which of these two words, next slide please, um, do you think is being used here in Acts 3, verse 19? Is it Anapano, Susanna, on her inflatable tyre, or is it and a psuko, the refreshment and reviving of a nice slush puppy, okay? So which do you think is being used here? Okay, we're going to vote on it. Who thinks the refreshed word is the anapano word? Okay, about a third of you, I think, unless some of you are not going to vote. Who thinks it's the anapsuko? About two-thirds, okay. Now, I'll tell you in a second. 
Um, when you're feeling worn out, I do hope that this weekend will be a time to cease from the frenetic. I do hope this weekend will be a time to rest, to be refreshed like Susanna on her inflatable tire. But primarily, when we're thinking about being refreshed, what Peter is talking about in his sermon, it is not Susanna, I'm afraid, on her tire, but what Peter is talking about is the rest of us drinking our slush puppies, okay? Having times of refreshing is about us recovering from being worn out, uh, us recovering from overheating in the challenges of life. It is about us moving from being out of breath to being revived by the sort of cooling liquid and ice. It's about reviving us. It's about revival so that we're alert, so that we're, we're, we're energized for whatever lies ahead in life. You know, revival, when revival's talked about in the sort of church setting, it's often thought about as this sort of mass communal thing. But it begins with each of us having a personal spiritual revival, a spiritual refreshing, a time of refreshing. So if it's not too heretical, it is about each one of us having this weekend a spiritual slush puppy. Okay? That is what I'm praying for, that each one of us would have a spiritual slush puppy. We'd be cooled, we'd be revived, we'd be ready to go again, we'd be alert, we'd be energized for what lies ahead as we have a spiritual refreshing, hopefully with a few less emails. Now, if you look at verse 19 again, repent then and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. And you just see in that verse, the water of God's Spirit doesn't just wipe away, wash away our sins, but he also adds refreshment and revival to our soul. And so finally, how do we get the spiritual refreshment? If you were looking at the NIV version of the Bible that we have at church, it says that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. They may come from the Lord. But actually, that translation actually misses out a word. You know, our t-shirts are a more accurate translation of the original Greek than the NIV version. You'll be glad to hear. Because if you look at our t-shirts, it says that times of refreshing shall come, the NIV misses out from the, the, the presence of it. The times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. In the presence of the Lord. You get refreshed. You get revived. We get our spiritual slush puppy from the presence of the Lord. And if you were in church last Sunday, as we finished um, the 2 Timothy sermon series, I spoke on the end of 2 Timothy, and I spoke on exactly that. You may remember, I, I put up a timeline of our lives. Very simple timeline. Next slide, please. Uh, we're born at one end. We die at the other end. X marks the spot where we turn. To Jesus, where, where we come to faith in Christ, wherever that may be, it'll be at different points in that timeline, obviously, for different ones of us. But as I drew that timeline, I said, actually, there's something missing from that timeline. And what is missing from that timeline is the presence of the Lord. The presence of the Lord represented by these two red lines. Because after death, if we're trusting in Jesus, we will be present with the Lord, face to face with him. Uh, in 2 Timothy 4, it talks about being brought safe to his heavenly kingdom. We will be present with Jesus face to face for eternity. That's the presence of the Lord in the future, after death, for eternity. But also, we will be present with Jesus. We'll know the presence of the Lord in the here and now as followers of Jesus. Jesus stands by our side, says Paul to Timothy, and gives us 
strength. So all through our Christian life, we can know the presence of the Lord in the present, here, right now. And so above all, I pray that throughout this weekend, as well as having a bit of resting like Susanna on our inflatable tyre, I pray that particularly in these main sessions that we're going to have on Saturday and on Sunday morning, I pray that each one of us, that you might be strengthened, that you might be revived, that you might be anapasuko, that you might be made ready to go again for Jesus, that you might maybe be made alert and energized for him, that you might receive a spiritual slush puppy as Jesus Christ works in you by the presence of his spirit as we worship him in song as we hear from him in his word and as we pray for one another this weekend HTC each one of you may you know a time of refreshing that shall come from the presence of the Lord. Shall we stand? Let's pray. We're going to sing one final song in just a moment before we have the Friday entertainment. But before we get there, I'd just love you to close your eyes. And to just take a moment between you and God to know that the Lord is present here tonight, right now, by His Spirit. And there are going to be opportunities to be prayed for throughout this weekend. But I wonder, just right now, right at the start of the weekend, may even be some people saying, I need that spiritual refreshment so badly. Just with people's eyes closed, if you're saying, I just want someone to pray that for me now. I'm not going to ask you to move anywhere, to do anything. I'm just going to be praying from the front. But if you're saying, I need that spiritual refreshment. I wonder if you just raise your hand and say, yeah, that's what I need right now. Just raise your hand wherever you are. If you're saying, that is what I need. I'm just going to pray for all those, about half the room with their hands up. And I'm just going to pray, particularly for them. If you're near one, you might want to lay a hand on them if you want to. Just pray God's blessing silently over them. Let me just pray for all those people. And pray for them particularly, but for every single one of us, we might know a time of refreshing. Tonight and over the weekend. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you are in the business of bringing refreshment. Thank you that you wipe away our sin and then you wash us with all the refreshment we need. And Lord God, I pray for each and every person, particularly those who've raised their hands. I pray that you would pour your refreshment and your blessing on them even now. Where people are saying, I am so in need, whether they're feeling dry, whether there's a struggle, whether there's a situation, whatever it may be. I pray, Lord God, that each person who raised their hand there would know you present with them by your spirit. 
would know you refreshing them, reviving them, using this weekend to help them be those that are alert and ready to go for you again. Lord, where amongst us there's apathy, where amongst us there's hard-heartedness, where amongst us there's difficulty and confusion, we pray that you would work to bring joy and peace and refreshment. Lord, come by your spirit. Thank you for the living water of your spirit. And we pray that each one of us would know the time of refreshing this weekend as we rejoice that you're present with us now.